Live from the 93.7 The Ticket studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, this is Inside the Huddle with Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Fires a pass, and it's intercepted by the Huskers at the 25, Jay Foreman. And Foreman takes it down to the 19-yard line of Oklahoma. Another big play by the Blackshirts. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging. What up? This is Jay Foreman, Inside the Huddle, brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging, 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. Um, we'll handle all your MRI needs and then also put together a detailed and clear uh, game plan for you to either rehab or uh, move into some surgical options. But it is a Sunday, Sunday, February 25th. It is a beautiful day or will be a beautiful day here in Lincoln, 1040 O Street. Uh, home of the ticket. We call it the Mecca Sports uh, Radio in Lincoln, actually in the whole state of Nebraska. So we're going to get braggatocious today, Harrison. Uh, before we get started, I want to give a big shout out to my brother-in-law, David Doris. It's his birthday today. Uh, it's my sister's husband. Uh, he, he's up in the, uh, up in Omaha. Um, works for the Postal Service. Good dude, man. I mean, I love David, man. He's a very calming dude. Does You know, was a great, great dad and obviously a great husband to my sister. So, it's his birthday today. I want to give him a shout out, man, because I know he works uh, some some hard, long hours. Postal and, service isn't a joke. No, that's, and, that's a grind. And my man does is not fond of dogs. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's hey, a, hey. a one-two right there. But he, but you know what, David's in, in shape, so you know, <laughs> uh, you know, he he said he's got the right stuff uh, that he that he packs with him that dogs can't mess him up too much. But uh, we're inside the huddle, man. We're in uh, you know a little bit of a. Uh, I wouldn't say a weird time, but it's a, it's kind of like the off season before the off season. If you think of the pro football Super Bowl's over, um, free agency is about to start. You got NFL Combine. Um, now we're full fledged into college season. Wait and see, especially here in Nebraska uh, with winter conditioning, and they're doing I guess what they call mat drills uh, right now. And so this is you know people always wonder what they're doing right now. They should be doing anything and everything. Now obviously you're you're you know they have a great you know nutrition staff weight staff game plan for each player and i think that's a little bit unique what matt rule did when he first came in you know like with Jalen lloyd i just saw that he did really well in indoor track and um i think another receiver too where they're participating in track you got nash he's doing uh wrestling. wrestling yep and so the one thing i think is a good selling point that matt rule uh and staff did was they um recruited players you know they like a lot of guys with speed especially out there in the wide receiver uh room and defensive back room uh as well just a skill position they want them all to be, you know, pretty fast, which is normal in this day and age. But the the ones that you know have the track background, they didn't take that away from them, and uh, you know that's commendable. But then also it's very smart, and you don't want to have, ever have an athlete wondering what if. But I also think that these athletes that are able to, that are good enough to run track in college, they gain a lot from it. And and here's a quick story. When the Miami Hurricanes had Andre Johnson, Clinton Portis, um, even Najee Davenport, and two other players, that was their track team. One of the best teams of all time, that was their track team at the University of Miami. So you think they got some people down there that can run. So what it does is it te- you have to be individually motivated. you got to be very detailed in, in your work. And then, obviously, you got to be able to transition to football very well. And, obviously, you saw Jalen Lloyd uh, play well uh, as the season went on. So... Uh, people always ask me, you know, Harrison, what what goes on in winter conditioning? And it's a little different than what, you know, than we would. But it, first of all, 
it, winter conditioning doesn't start the day that it officially starts. It starts two or three weeks prior. You want to come into winter conditioning, not cold turkey, right? And 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 it's 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 a a plethora of things that you do, right? You want to kind of, you know, you want to work hard as a team where you get broke down. You're getting broke down individually, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what you got to break your body down to build yourself back up. That's what happens during the season. You're trying to build some camaraderie. You're trying to set your culture. You're trying to see whose character is in the right place. You're seeing who came into, um. Because I, I call it a full, a full free uh, job interview ready. That means did you sit on your butt since last November or end of November, say Thanksgiving, and not do anything and showed up behind? Um, who's made some in, initial improvements? Um, it's a way to get together as far as like every position, whether you're watching tape, um, obviously wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, and, and quarterbacks throwing getting some timing down, learning a new offense, or not learning a new offense, but learning, um, I guess, a new offense in the sense of Marcus Satterfield now is the offensive coordinator, tight end mm-hmm. coach. And then you bring in Glenn Thomas as the quarterback coach. So getting familiar with the new coaches that you have, even though Marcus Satterfield's been here, he's a different coach because he's doing different things. You know, primarily coaching tight ends. The tight end coach now goes back to his role, original role. So getting used to that, um, Getting better on defense, uh, getting more familiar with the three three five and to- what Tony White expects. Um, but the work, you know, I remember, you know, look, you'll have anywhere from Marines come in and and you know Navy SEALs and do all that stuff. We weren't able to do it. We had our own. Well, you get Bill Belichick this year. Yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about winter conditioning. They would come in and they you go through kind of team building things and learn how to work hard and be accountable to your teammates so you can trust each other. Mm-hmm. Um, now that was probably not something that we were able to do just because I don't think it was probably as popular or I wouldn't say that, you know, people didn't see the benefit of it, but I just think it was just something that, you know, we felt like, well, we, we, you know, we had Boyd Epley and that staff that, you know, was knew exactly what they wanted to do. Um, and we had our own kind of military type of thing that we <laughs> yeah trust me you know funny thing is harrison i watched that uh 30 for 30 thing on the florida gators and stuff okay uh, yeah yeah you, i don't know did you watch that mm-hmm. yeah the funny thing about it i mean everybody works hard enough yeah that was child's play to what we were doing yeah <laughs> uh, that's telling for anyone who went and watched that it was like the one-on-one competitions was that was child's play I can believe uh, it when you when you see uh when you see certain guys out there. I'll, I'll shout out Terrell Farley. Yeah, you see the aggression and anger if you look at some of their highlights. Yeah, you can see it. It was child's play. There's, there's some yeah, there's some child's. serious mean aggression, especially with those black shirts back. And even on the offense, the wide receivers. Oh, well, they, they were ready to block. Like yeah. I know it was part of the whole thing where you you understood that coming to Nebraska, but they were nasty on the. Oh edge no, it was no no. I mean, Ron Brown had those. I mean, they were. It was. Uh, I mean, it was competition i mean you you think from you know like abdul muhammad he he probably was maybe 170 i don't yeah. even know how much he weighed he was small um brendan holbein um john vedro was i mean he i mean these guys were knocking cats out mm-hmm. okay um and then it wasn't just something they did on saturdays it was just what we what we did every single day whether we had pads on or not um but the but the competition that we had were you know, it was competition internally inside the, you know, say, you know, my room, the linebacker room, 
defensive end room, defensive tech, every, everything was a competitive nature. And then we continued to do it if we, you know, were playing intramural basketball. There was no days off, but then also we have fun though too. And so hopefully and, and ideally that's what they're doing now. And there's nothing wrong with competition. And, um, you know, sometimes young kids, you know, they'll ask me like, how do you separate the, I guess in my case, the Jay Foreman that's walking around every single day, mm-hmm. you know, say in their case, they're going to class and all this other stuff versus the person that you're on the field. And I think it's very easy because actually it helps you become a better player because you, you know, nor, and I always say this walking around, uh, what, you think this dude's going to get hit? He's talking to himself. He's walking around. Yeah, he yeah. ain't doing well. Yeah. Yeah, he's talking to himself. Sometimes, you know, Harrison, I always say this. Sometimes the best <laughs> conversation I've ever had was with myself. But anyways, I think walking around, human nature is not built to be that aggressive. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, you're not walking down the street and headbutting as a young lady. You, you know what I mean? You or, say leave it between the lines for a reason. Like, you right. need to but be just, a different person. Just, you're like, you're getting up. I mean, there's nothing mm-hmm. that's going to make you in that where you have to get into a, like a controlled rage going to accounting 201. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, unless you get a bad grade, right? <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, or somebody don't help you on the test or something. So that's just not in your, it's just not in your natural. That's not the way the human body works or human you know, humans work. And so when you get into a competitive nature, if it's something that you really want, then you, you, then you start to really think about what you sacrifice for it, what you're willing to sacrifice for it, how you want to get it and what means will you go to it? And then will you reset and continue to go farther? Um, and to do that, you have to be a different person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to get there and be, and you have to know how to get there and willing to get there. And you can't really worry about what happens during that time mm-hmm. and one it's like that was a fight or flight yep um because you got to expect the best out of your opponent and from a competitive nature and so you know you know we had this thing called the pit down down there and yeah. it was it was this old turf offense and defense and be down there and sometimes they bring the linebackers down there because we'd be take doing some what we call take-ons but you know one-on-one blocks you mm-hmm. know getting competitive no ac one thing of water and nowhere to hide. They would shut the door. No cameras, no nothing. Yeah, and you're not that nice AC Hawk Center. No. And <laughs> it's underneath. Right. No heat, no circulation. And there'll be, you know, some scraps in there. And and you know, I always looked at it like this, man. We'd fight each other. It never went in the locker room. But I only want to be able to fight like Vershawn. Mm-hmm. If somebody else came after him, then I gotta go at it. You know, like in a game. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, that's why it's good to kind of have that because if you right. can't take it within your own teammates, what are you going to do when Wisconsin right. trying to get on your skin? I I mean, we've heard plenty of stories. Those teams, they're not going to be friendly. They're yeah. going to say things to try to get under your skin and are you going to get away from the game plan? You're going to test you going to lock in. You, you need to be tested. And, mm-hmm. you know, really, uh, Harrison, before, you know, this first segment, we're going to talk about where the condition, then we'll get into, obviously, men's and women's basketball. Uh, big shout out to women's basketball. I handled their business yesterday. But, you know, for me, um, you know, I was a redshirt freshman and, you know, I went in the spring, you know, what they are. I was number seven on the depth chart. I got seven plays in a week mm-hmm. in the first week. Seven. You hear me? And that was after two seniors left. <laughs> so I didn't get, they, hey, hey, I was like, hey, I remember calling my dad and said, listen, man, 
I got seven plays. He was like, in a practice? I said, no, all week. It was on a Sunday. I said, man, I better get some plays, man. I was I'm about to be back. I'm about to go. So, I mean, you know, they let me know where, where you know, where they, I guess, initially thought I was at. Well, let me, let me ask you this real quick before you tell the rest of the story. If you were moved your era to today, you think you would have transferred out? Because back then it was you, you. That wasn't really there for you. Yeah, today, um, and that's the problem with most athletes. I think not initially, not okay. not like that. I mean, it was just they had good players. They right. had scholarship players, guys that played some, and guys that had been in the program a little bit more. And some guys, sometimes you know, Harrison, when they had such a gap when Troy Dumas and Clint Brown left, two seniors, you know, they move guys there, and then you know we brought in the number one linebacker recruit. So, you know, it was just kind of circumstances. And I remember talking to my dad on a Sunday, man, and I was like, I remember I, was, I used to stay over in Abel Dorm. I was like, man, this stuff is for the birds, man. I was like, you know, I was getting my butt kicked all year on scout team, kind of doing, you know, better as a season. Mm-hmm. He got me numbers. I was like, man, I ain't no number seven on the depth chart, dude. And my dad was like, work harder, do better, be better. And when you get a chance, you got to perform. And then, you know, always the question, how am I going to do it? He's like, well, you're going to do more than what you're doing now. And he's like, what's holding you back? I was like, well, you know, I'm playing linebacker. I'm, you know, 190 pounds, maybe 96 pounds. He's like, well, then you need to lift more. And so it was kind of always, he'd always divert me back to myself, mm-hmm. right? But then, you know, I did ask Coach Samuel, like, hey, what I need to do? And he, he told me, and then, you know, then I was like, okay. And then the second week we had a scrimmage, and then you know one thing led to another. So fast forward, I end up, you know, exceeding expectations, I guess, and end up being the starter. Right? No mistakes. Worked over. You know, I worked. You know, early in the morning, before practice, during practice, after practice. What I had to, time window? Seventh string to what? F- f- number for one. Starting for yeah. what, what was the time window for that? During the spring. <laughs> that that tells you I, a lot. I was on it though. I mean, here's. I was laying cats out though, because I was I was I hated it. I mean, I love Coach Osmond, but I, I hated him at that time. Yeah, I hated everybody. Now I liked my teammates, but I hated them because I just felt like you know, look, dude, everybody else like Mike Rucker and all those guys, they on second team and all that. I'm sitting back here with the white shirt. I'm just looking like a scrub. So I was, brother Pride was hurt, you know. And <laughs> so uh, you know, I end up earning the starting spot at the spring. I never played in a college game before. So I was the new guy. And, you know, the story's been around for a while. They came out with the, you know, the black shirt poster. No, granted, I won the spot during training camp as well. Still, you know, when they go out, I had a black shirt, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously they had in that poster, they didn't have your boy in that poster. They had an extra DB in there who was who was a, actually good enough to be a starter. So I was like, oh, Okay. I see how it is, right? So I'm, you know, you know, you don't know me that way, Harrison. You know, like once I get quiet, yeah, I'm thinking about killing you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Noted. I'll be right, sure to write right. that down. So well, you know, I'm walking around, just you know, I was in my feelings, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, you want you you want validation, but yeah. at the end of the day, I hadn't done anything. They didn't really know if I was going to be good or do, be able to be worthy of starting. I just had done it in a controlled environment in practice, right? So there's excuses there. But I didn't see anything past I wasn't on the poster. Um, now I could argue the, the amount of reps that some guys played prior in the year versus me redshirting mm-hmm. is minimal, but ultimately they've been in the game. So we're about to play Oklahoma State, man. 
and we have a walkthrough. And Mike Manor, uh, who was a starting safety, and so we used to wear these like little mesh jerseys or whatever. And I, at that point in time, I think I might have been like 205. And at that linebacker position, you didn't have to be very big. You know, 205 was fine. You know, I still was like a little bigger, but didn't look like much. I got big old feet, you know what I'm saying? You know, legs is getting a little bigger, but I wasn't like Troy Dumas. Troy Dumas right. is 6'4", 245. Imposing just by looking at yeah, it. Yeah, right? And I'm only, you know, 6'2 and a half, 205 probably, and that's got, I got to work at that. So we're about to go out to walk through and I'm sitting there chilling, you know, kind of, you know, trying to get my mind right for the first, you know, I hadn't played a game in over a year since high school. And he, he came up to me and he was like, looking me up and down or whatever. And I thought he was joking. Then he was like poking me in my chest. He was like, he was just challenging me, man. Right. He's like, I don't know if you are tough enough, this, this, and this. And really at the, at, you know, at that point, you know, Harrison, you know, I kind of snapped. I just threw my helmet down. I was like, let's go. I said, me and you right now, let's go. And he's like, and he, you know, I was like, I'll show you. You know what I mean? But then he started laughing, right? <laughs> and I said, I ain't playing. I said, I'm ready to, I was like, we, I said, we already here past, like, I said, I'm done hearing you talk. Because I'm a freshman. He's a senior. I'm here done you t- listening to you talk to me like that. So let's go. Let's see. I'm, I'm going to show you here the day before the game. He started laughing. He's like, I just wanted to see if I could depend on you. He's like, I wanted to. Ch- I just, he's like, I wanted to see what you made of. He's like, now nah, I know. He's like, now nah, I can trust you. And that's what happens in the spring. You got to see who you can trust. You got to see who you can still trust. Because even though, say, like Harrison, you play good mm-hmm. in a spot duty last year. Okay, did you get to fully yourself? Did you continue to work? And can I still trust you? Because just because you're you're the assumptive starter or you know play a role, you got four guys maybe coming for your position or at least two, right? And then so can I still trust you? Because if I can't trust you, then we can't play well. Because at this point in time, no matter if you're a starter at Nebraska or a assumptive starter, nobody's done anything because you guys haven't even made a bowl game. Now that's not to hold the past against you. What a lot of people do. But it's just being honest with you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you can't turn around and win eight, nine games. But if we have guys that we're dependent on or assuming that they're dependent on or hoping to take a next step, that could stop your progress as well. Can you get out of your own way and not believe social media? Can you get out of your own way and stay focused? Can you get out of your own way and sacrifice to be what you always want to be? Because generally, you are a champion way before you become a champion. And always to give credit to the 93 team, 92 team, because they, they had to go through some hard losses before 94, 95, and then ultimately 97 was able to, you know, you know get over the hump. So it all start, starts in winter conditioning. Coach Osborne used to always tell us, um, you know, you win your first four games in winter conditioning and spring ball. And I never, you know, whether that was true or not, whatever he told us, I believe, because that, that kept us working. Um, and competing, and and I will tell you, boy, there was some knockdown dragouts. I never seen people literally be nose to nose based on whether they want a ten yard sprint or not. <laughs> but you didn't want to give an edge, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to give it. Like Aaron Davis comes here, I didn't want to give none to AD, you know, because I'm gonna tell you when AD score, AD AD's happy. Go, he scores on you. He gonna let everybody in the in the Cook Pavilion. We would be we practice in the Cook. 
let him know. Preaching's in his blood, man. Yeah, you can't yeah. expect AD not yeah, to go and, through and, it. And then, he would, <laughs> and then the funny thing about AD, he'll give you a sermon <laughs> yeah, afterwards. Well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, but he's great with it. But that's the thing. Hang, you know, that's how you build a team. Guys like that. They're always going to keep, you know, uh, not only play their role, but you know, it, you know, excel in their role. Um, so that's what they're trying to do right now, and hopefully they're doing it. I think, uh, you know, I like the makeup of the team. You know, I've, you know, been around, but I like what they're made of. Um, I like that. The it just seems like there's going to be a lot of competition. I feel like that's just kind of the one thing that's been lacking here, and I think it happens when you are a blue blood. And I think it's just been the problem for Nebraska. Is you kind of said it before, but a lot of these guys are great before they even play. Just, right. But just in terms of the fan base, right. the media, uh, and then it's you know when it gets tough, then they don't know that, how to then the they fans, don't know how to battle. Yeah, the fans magnify everything. When you're winning, it's awesome. When you're losing, the fans are still going to magnify it, and it's right. you got to pick yourself up from that. And if you already anointed yourself and things go bad, that's when I think that's when it's tough to build yourself back up. And unfortunately, I think that's kind of been the problem for Nebraska over the years. Yeah, I think the the losing your identity a little bit um, doesn't just start in the locker room. Everybody always wants to blame the coaches. I think this, you know, and this goes way back to after Frank left. I think, and it may be towards the end of Frank. I don't really know, but I just think, you know, kind of after that, I think we, everybody lost their way. I think we just, you know, look, you've been winning for so long, twenty five some years. You had Coach Osborne, and then you had Frank. Heck, you, you know, and then next thing you know, you're like, oh well, that's just not good enough. You know, now we, you know, you win three national championships. I don't know how. You can't get much better than that. It's one of the mm-hmm. legendary run. But then you felt like you were entitled to it. And then once you do that, you start to kind of get away from your foundation. And so, you know, I think if they're doing it, if they do a good job of, of creating true, um, honest competition, even if you're not the guy that goes out there and start, you will play a role and you will you will continue to compete to, you know, earn playing time. And that's how you are able to. I would say you want to reload instead of rebuild. You're, you'll know who's going to be the next player because they know every day it needs to be earned. I think Matt Rule and those guys have done a good job of preaching it to their players. And I think that's why, you know, they didn't have a lot of turnover on their roster because these guys know exactly where they're at. Mm-hmm. And if they go and have a question to a coach, I'm sure they're going to get as much as possible. Um, and he gives you somewhat. a shot. Like, even if special teams, like, rule shown, he's been creative. If you show that you belong in the field – he, he's pretty good at finding a spot for it. might not be the position you thought you were going to get. If you can play but, football, you're going to play. Yeah, you'll you, find you, The perfect example is, in my opinion, a guy that was probably left for dead by everybody is Makaga Bear. And, um, you know, it's the Minnesota game. And first of all, he reshaped his body. Yeah. Right? Um, and then so you know, okay, he did that. And then you heard a little bit about him in spring, but not much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, you know um, – you know, spring's hard because I think the spring game is more of a celebration. Okay, we got through spring. We're showcasing who got, you know, big arms mm-hmm. and all that. So it's not really a game. But you start to hear a little bit about him in, in fall camp. And then he comes down there in Minnesota game, makes two or three special teams tackles, and a couple plays on defense, right, that you never seen before at a position that he ne- nor- didn't come in originally at, which was outside linebacker. Or he came in originally as an inside linebacker. He's playing – more like that Jack linebacker uh, produces. Then he leads the team in tackles against Colorado. And then the next thing you know, he's playing, starts, and, and then he's, you know, continues to be, you know, play a role and 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 gets a lot of learning experience. So that's how you create a a, a culture of winning. And the more people that you add to it, I think is going to be the better. So, you know, onward and upward. You know, this is a time that where they need to push themselves because 
uh, as they're looking to the f- first practice, you still have um, work to be done. You know, every day is a work day. There is no days off. Unfortunately, that's what you signed up for. But then when you sign up for those things, you do get a lot of fruits of your labor. So with that being said, that is the spring ball update. We're going to take a break, come back, think and talk about men's and women's uh, Husker basketball. Women's team had a pretty uh, big victory, I think, for them in two fronts um, yesterday uh, against the Gophers at 4 p.m. Men tip off at 530. Jay Foreman, Inside the Huddle, brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging. We'll be right back. 